0: Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular Religious Hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hey everybody, welcome back to my channel. Today I have two special guests with me from JMJ Missions, Anthony and Daniel. Welcome guys.
1: Hey, Amber. Thanks for having me. How are you doing?
0: Good. Thank you. You guys should probably recognize them. They've been on my podcast twice before, I believe, and we talked about some awesome topics. Um, But today we're going to talk about spiritual dryness. Uh, One of my favorite Bible verses is from Psalms, and it kind of touches on this a little bit. And it says, Oh God, thou art my God. I seek thee, my soul thirsts for thee, my flesh faints for thee, as in a dry and weary land where no water is. And that's Psalms 63.1. I feel like everyone's dealt with some sort of spiritual dryness, Um, especially the saints. Honestly, I can think of some great saints like um, Saint, you know, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Saint Teresa of Lisieux, just a lot of saints who have struggled with this. So I think it's important for people to know that they're not alone when it comes to this. Um, and it's a test to be more specific, like spiritual dryness is a test that God puts us through. And with his help, I believe that we can be, uh, it can be a great learning experience. And so that's basically what we're discussing today. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to throw in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking of saints Teresa of Calcutta too, because, I know she had spiritual dryness, I think, was it for 40 years that she didn't feel yeah. like uh, any consolation? That's a mm-hmm. long time.
2: It
0: was, I remember reading a book about that and she had something called the dark night of the soul, which is desolation, which means you feel like you're completely cut off from God right? and you have no consolation. And yeah, she experienced that for over 40 years Like, right. and she didn't reveal it to anybody until she was on her deathbed
1: that's, I didn't know that. That's awesome. But that shows that the reason that she was doing everything she did was out of authentic love because it wasn't Mm -hmm. making her feel good. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is like, I think so important. I think we're missing a lot of that in today's culture. People want attention for the suffering they're going through. And I think there is something to say about entrusting to a very close friend about struggles. You obviously don't want to process things alone. Right. But at the same time, um, I mean, the amount of times I've scrolled through Facebook and seen a video of somebody giving a homeless man a bottled water and recording it and being like, <laughs> all right, give me praise. Like I did this nice thing for a homeless person. And then you're just like, Hmm,
1: <laughs> that kind of defeats the purpose.
0: A little bit,
1: yeah. <laughs> a little.
0: <laughs> um, but I guess that we should probably uh, explain what spiritual dryness is. So, the Catechism of the Catholic Church 2731 says that spiritual dryness is a belonging to contemplative prayer when the heart is separated from God with no taste for thoughts, memories, and feelings, especially spiritual ones. Do you guys have anything to uh, say about that?
2: Go for it, Dan. Well, and I think you said it really well. First off, Amber, this is a great topic um, because it's a, it's a, it's an idea and a concept in the spiritual life that is going to plague every single serious Christian or serious Catholic. Um, Something that, as you said, like God has to put us through sometimes. Um, So it's a great topic to to talk about. So I'm glad you're actually doing a a podcast on this because there's not too many on this, Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Spiritual dryness is, is, uh, is very, very hard to overcome. But as I said, a totally necessary thing that God's got to put us through in my opinion, Anthony mentioned it previously uh, that, It's really easy to love somebody when you're feeling it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, when you're feeling really good and you're feeling happy and you're feeling, you know, God's given you all these nice, beautiful feelings and and spiritual consolations during prayer. It's so easy to just like, you know, like want to pray the rosary and want to get in the adoration chapel and go on a retreat and stuff like that. And of course, serve the Lord. You know, if I had a, like a five bucks for every single youth that we had that wanted to like get into youth ministry right after a retreat that we ran, like, oh, I want to be a youth minister when I get older. I'd be you know I'd have at least a100 dollars, at least 10 kids that I've met <laughs> throughout my time as youth minister, probably a lot more than that that was like, oh, I gotta do youth ministry because you're feeling it after retreat. you're feeling good, you're feeling the Holy Spirit and then um, when the feeling fades and you're doing it um, out of sheer habit and sheer love for God and in the depths of your soul, that's when you know if you really love God or not. Uh, and that's why uh, as we said, so many saints have gone through it, Mother Teresa, um, a great movie uh, that I wanted to mention. You guys were talking about the the letters of Mother Teresa, I believe it's called, because it's the whole entire movie starts off with her spiritual director reading the letters that she had written him over like decades. But like you said, nobody knew about it, only her spiritual director, uh, the the dryness and the emptiness that she was going through that she was feeling while doing her work. And her schedule was so difficult, you know, 430 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night doing nothing but like taking care of like homeless people and people that are dying on the street and leading her community. And the entire time, as you said, she's battling so much uh, and nobody knew about it except her spiritual director. So a great movie would, as the letters of mother Teresa, cause that's how the movie, I believe that's how it opens up is like they're reading these letters that she's written and everyone's so shocked her, her team that's studying her life is so shocked that she actually went through these things. So I think if God could put her through it, then um, why, why would we be uh, surprised if he puts us through it,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, Dan, that's a good point. And I like how you said it's necessary Mm because people go through this and like they don't want it, but they don't realize the fact that it is necessary. And it kind of reminds me of uh, like the sacrament of marriage. Obviously, I wouldn't know firsthand, but (laughs) you could envision a a couple that's been married for 20 years. They're not going to be as excited as their first date. But even though they're not as excited, they might feel, I guess you could say, quote unquote, dry with each other they're still going to do the things that they need for each other. Like they're still going to show each other the authentic love. And so th- that's why it is necessary. Cause it, cause if it felt amazing all the time to be close to God and you were constantly in consolation, then it would almost be too easy. And I feel like nothing that's worth anything is ever that easy.
0: Oh, I completely agree.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny. Um, Vanessa, uh, Schultz, the granddaughter of Maria Esperanza, who so many times had led Batania prayer groups at our, um, our home parish here in New Jersey. Um, now Maria Bronza, for those that don't know, is a woman who is an incredible mystic who's on the way to canonization. She's a servant of God. And our conversion, myself and Anthony and Rocco's came through her family. Her granddaughter uh, would say this all the time in her talks. Like, we believe in a savior that was crucified, literally like stripped, beaten, mocked, crowned with thorns, you know, who literally said on the cross, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In sheer agony and um, sweat blood, in the agony of the garden before this whole thing, you know, because he didn't want to have to go through the human side of him. Of course, the divine side of him was always going to lay down his life for us, but the human side of him was completely normal (laughs) and like, wasn't looking forward to like getting tortured and killed. Um, And you think about him like sweating blood and people for so long thought that that was an exaggeration that the gospels put in there. But then we realized uh, modern medicine found that there was a really rare condition. I forget what it's called. Um, I used to know the term for it, but a rare condition that people can have when you're going through extreme stress and anxiety that the, the capillaries underneath your skin, the blood capillaries burst and the blood starts seeping through your skin. and It looks like sweat and someone can go through that when they're under severe, severe stress and anxiety to the point where they're almost about to have a heart attack. Um, and that's probably what Jesus was going through. So if Jesus Christ can go through these things and he was God and he was crucified, then how can we, how can we like be surprised when we have to go through something too because he said no servant is greater than their master so whatever he goes through we go through and the church has to go through as a whole too which is really a whole nother mystical dimension um but that at least should give somebody courage and a little bit of consolation knowing that okay if i'm going through this phase where i'm like stale where things aren't going my way where i feel empty or lonely or like distant from god i mean jesus felt like that on the cross and he's giving you a, a little taste of true love um, and I really think what you said was great about marriage. I always tell the kids, <laughs> um, when you're dating somebody, my, my students, cause my, myself, I teach uh, high school theology and Anthony teaches middle school religion. And I always, I always tell my students when we're talking about marriage, like, okay, you all think you're in love and everything like that. Number one, there are so few high school relationships that actually end in marriage. Like just, just don't, you know, just chill, relax. Okay. <laughs> you don't know what's going <laughs> to like, don't get in over your heads here. But the second thing is, regardless of what age you are, you know if you truly love somebody after a period of time when those first initial romantic feelings fade. And after those romantic feelings fade, you're like, then you're left with your personality and their personality. And then you realize two things. Number one, are we actually compatible without the help of these giddy, happy, romantic feelings? And number two, do we actually love each other? Because love, as you guys said so well, is when you can actually go through the motions of doing what's good for the other or God and not feel it and um i think we've lost that in our society probably why so many marriages don't work out because people don't realize what they're getting into you know 10 years down the road you're not going to feel the same as the first few months and uh, 10 years down the road you know you're not going to have that fun romantic feeling but if you know that it's god's will for you to be together and you've trained yourself in love and you've been through kind of spiritual dryness before um then you're able to kind of in the hard times lay your life down for your spouse anyway, with peace in your heart. Um, and that's how we have to be with God, but it's not easy. It's, it's like, that's why it's spiritual dryness is so tough. Cause it's like, it's, it stinks. It's like really like who the heck wants to like love God and pray when you feel absolutely nothing and you feel totally empty, you know, and it can come in so many forms too.
0: I think you guys put it so beautifully too, because I mean, in a way we are married to Christ, you know, when we have our first communion and everything, we are married to him. Um, and that's why we wear the pretty white dress. I mean, the guys don't wear the pretty <laughs> white no,
2: dress. No, no.
0: <laughs> but you get my point. I mean, point. maybe
2: today, you never know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, kidding. Fact, I mean, I don't
0: know. <laughs> but I mean, the other thing is, it's like with that, our culture tends to twist words. I mean, love nowadays is love is love. When in reality, love is willing the good of another. Yeah. Um, right. And so, so many people lose sight of what love is. And because they're like, love is love. Love is what I deem love to be. Somebody could be like, oh, I love you, but that's not what love actually is. You could love somebody, but you want what's best for them. That means you're not going to support their sins. That means you're going to push them to be a saintly person. And sometimes truth hurts, love hurts. And if anybody's a great example of that, it's Jesus and the saints love hurts, but it's so profitable, you know? And so I guess regarding like with spiritual dryness, everybody experiences it differently, right? What are your guys' experience with spiritual dryness? Because I know you guys came back to the faith all at the same time. So what was that like?
1: Yeah, well, getting into it was awesome. You know, like we were kind of in the honeymoon phase for a long time because we had all these miraculous stories of saints and just, we just came to the realization that this stuff was real and it, it changed our lives. So for the first I'd say year, at least for me, was a piece of cake. Like you know, like I didn't even know what spiritual dryness was. Yeah, the honeymoon like, phase. Yeah. And that, that lasted for a long time. But you know, as time went on, there's definitely different times in my life where I was hit hard with spiritual dryness and other times where I wasn't. Um, so and each one kind of lasts a different amount of time, depending on how hard I fight it.
2: Interesting. That's interesting you said it depending on how hard you fight it, because like mm-hmm. it seems like the harder you pray and the more you go deeply into it and force yourself to pray when you don't feel like it, the, the faster God can get you out of it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, one, yeah one of my favorite
1: ahead. analogies with spiritual dryness is my spiritual director told me, he said, it, it's like spiritual dryness is kind of like when you're uh, sitting on a pool, you're floating like in a, in a float, <laughs> like just enjoying like a nice sunny day, just chilling in a float. And there's diving sticks down at the bottom of the pool. And those diving sticks kind of represent like grace, like, you know, like God's graces. So if like, you have to go down there and like, you know, hold your breath, swim deep, feel the water pressure, go and get the diving stick and you come up and you got it. And when you you have it, you feel really good. And like, you could have just sat there on the top of the water doing absolutely nothing, but you put in work to go like, put yourself in position to experience God's love. I love that. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And my situation was very similar. Um, my for my honeymoon phase lasted for like two years, literally, um, it was weird. It was like really intense. Like I literally woke up every single day, like smiling from ear to ear. I <laughs> and, couldn't like, believe that God strangers.
1: was strangers. You would tell yeah. strangers about God.
2: <laughs> I, I had like no prudence. Like I would like random people like, Oh, Marius Bronson like the stigmata and like Padre Pio and like the church. And like, I would just be like all into it. Um, and then it hit me, I'd say about two years in for the first time. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like, I didn't ever expect this to happen. You know, I just thought I was going to be living in like a heaven on earth rest of my life. Um, and that's when I had to look into the saints, uh, looking into the saints really helped me that first initial period of dryness, which wasn't too bad. And then I think there's another kind of general period of dryness, but I wouldn't really call it dryness. I would call it just faith maturing where like after maybe a certain amount of time, three, four years in general, the excitement that I would feel about the faith, like just the natural, like exuberant feeling wouldn't be there. But I noticed that my faith was deepening. Like I would notice that, um, Like I wasn't, I was, I was doing better overcoming sins than I even was two years ago when I was in like the height of my feeling good. You know, Um, my faith was deepening. I understood the faith more even though I wasn't feeling it as much. And that's actually a really good sign. If you can like maintain a good prayer routine and realize that you're overcoming certain sins or at least doing better with the sins that you typically struggle with um, and you're not feeling it as much, that is actually a sign that your faith is like deepening and maturing. And it's not really, um, it's becoming more who you are deep down and you're not as reliant on feelings. And then finally, um, every now and then, maybe about once a year, I go through a uh, weird periods of dryness lasting anywhere from a couple days to like a month or so. And um, uh, I've noticed actually recently, Amber, specifically that like it's been getting really intense, like the, like the dryness that I go through, they almost feel like it's like on a whole nother level, um, which I think is a backhanded compliment. Maybe it means I'm growing more. I think that's, that's what happened to every, happens to everybody as they grow spiritually. God can allow you to go through more. Cause it's like a more difficult training. It's kind of like you're leveling up, Uh, but it's, it's rough. It's rough. And I'm actually going through a period right now, which is weird. Cause when I saw the topic today, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's exactly me and Anthony. were literally just talking about almost exactly this earlier today. Um, So the Lord does give you little, little helps along the way. He gives you little, little bonuses. Like if you're playing a video game, like little, um, little help promptings are like little health boxes you know you play a video game oh, you, I get, you, it. I get you, it. you get you get health you know your health goes down as you get hit well this conversation is one of them because it's literally exactly what i've been going through so the lord definitely does reach down his hand and <laughs> help you through those periods as well so our
0: little our little conversation is a bing health box right.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Box people <laughs> I mean, I, I love I mean we, we grew up on video games so
0: <laughs> uh, you know shocking like video games came out when I was a kid and like I hated them. I only really, really played Minecraft on my computer Mine. and I just did it to set the villagers houses on fire.
2: <laughs> it was pretty bad. Sick. <laughs> sick. i no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean
0: sick can be taken both ways.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. When it came to my experience of spiritual, spiritual dryness um especially when I first came back into my faith, I was really confused on where to start. Um, Obviously, I knew confession was kind of like a first step, but I wasn't completely ready for that yet. And so I had the opportunity to go to NCYC, which is the National Youth Catholic Conference, National Mm -hmm. Catholic Youth Conference, Uh um, out in Indianapolis when they had it out there in 2020. And it was so cool to hear all of these you know, stories and for King and Country were there playing a concert and I was with my friends and like, we really were in it, you know, like on fire, you know, and of course, like the Holy Spirit like works through us in those ways, but the Holy Spirit also isn't just a feeling, you know, he's still there whether we feel him or not. And so that was a little confusing too, coming back into the faith. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel the Holy Spirit, but he's not just a feeling. And I, through time I had to learn that. Um, and so I was really on fire, kind of like you, Dan, for like two years straight. Like I was like religious hippie stuff and I'm posting my faith and I'm boldly Catholic and blah, 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 right? <laughs> and then um, like I, like halfway into my second year, I was hit with like desolation, which is what, you know, uh, St. Mother Teresa was struck with. And at first I didn't know what it was. I was like, huh, this is kind of weird. Like whatever, I'm just going to go about my day because I still had some habits set, But um, it just felt like there was a spiritual weight on me that I couldn't get off. And I started becoming very scrupulous. And I started questioning my uh, salvation. And I started slacking on my prayers and my routines. I started sleeping in. I I didn't take care of my soul as best as I could. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really a struggle for me because I wasn't really sure what was happening at that point. I wasn't I mean, I was in my faith a lot and I had learned a lot, but not enough about spiritual dryness or that topic. And so when I started feeling these things, um, I realized there was a term for them after reading a book, I forget what book it was. I think it was discouragement for, um, the Catholic soul or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, I started reading this book and it basically talked about spiritual dryness and things that you might experience, um, while being Catholic and how their tests from God and all the saints went through it. And I was like, ha good. I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> but at that time I didn't really have any Catholic friends to talk to, um, to get their opinion on it. And so I went to my priest and he basically told me, he's like, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors. And this is your time to shine, basically to prove to God, you're loyal mm-hmm. to prove to God that you want to be a saint. Um, and to prove to other people that yes, Christianity is not easy, but you can persevere and you can do it. And, um, so after that, I was just like, Haha, cool. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but I still didn't have the feeling there, you know, which mm-hmm. makes things really hard. Like if you don't feel like working out, you don't, you're not going to work out. If you don't right. feel like cooking, you're going to order takeout. So I still feel like I didn't put in enough effort into my faith. And that turned me more scrupulous where I was like, everything I do is wrong. You know, I should be doing more but I never felt like I could do more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and then you pile on top of that seasonal depression and it's just down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> so that just lifted. And um, this, the discouragement's gotten a lot better as well. But it's still one of those things where it's like, I have to keep remembering. It's like, no matter how hard it gets, um, the reward in heaven is greater than any suffering we'll, we'll get on earth. Um, and God is, and Jesus, I mean, God obviously is the best example of that. Um, So I think, you know, in general, like prayer, obedience, and patience are some of the greatest tools to overcome Mm. spiritual dryness, Uh, but that's easier said than done, as we just discussed. If we fall (laughs) off our prayer routines and become discouraged, it can be really difficult to hop back on. I don't know if you guys experienced that, but I definitely have, (laughs) Um, but luckily we have a heavenly family Who's always willing to lend a hand to us? Do you guys have any specific saints you turn to for intercession during spiritual dryness?
1: Good question. I think I kind of reach out to the saint. Well, she's not a saint yet, and Dan mentioned her earlier. Just because she impacted our lives so much would be servant of God, Maria Esperanza. Love but her. also like some heavy hitters are John Paul II. Mm. Uh, just because I know like how hard his life was. And I'm not sure if he ever experienced spiritual dryness. I never like read that or anything, but. I just think of how many sufferings he went through and how he just kept on getting up and going closer to God. So like that, I kind of take it that way. If I don't feel like praying, I think, oh, well, if John Paul II could pray, then I better. I love
2: that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. Maria Spronzer, was asked because she's just so personal to me and she's helped me out with so many things from heaven. Um, but St. John of the cross famously went through um, spiritual dryness uh, and he wrote all about it called uh, a very ca- famous Catholic piece of writing, the dark night of the soul where uh, john of the cross explains how like you literally almost have to go through this in order to grow or else you will always be just dependent on feelings and um so at a certain point um you know god well my spiritual director said it like when i was on fire like you said amber for the first two years of my conversion (laughs) i went to my spiritual director and i was like he's like all right so what's your prayer routine look like i was like oh man i'm like at 8 a.m. I go to daily mass at nine, at 9 a.m. Right after that, I'm going to do my very to like read three Psalms. And then after that, I'm going to go to adoration. And then I'm going to pray the rosary and do a divine mercy. And then I'm going to go to like a young adult meeting at the church. And like, it was like, it was jam packed with stuff that I was like forcing myself to do every day, but it wasn't really forced because I was having a great time doing it. <laughs> and he like, I remember him just like calmly, like smiling and just being like, yeah, all right. Well, that's great, Dan. I got to commend you on all that. Um, Now, just remember, eventually God will take the training wheels off. And I was like, what? And he's like, you know, he's going to have to take the training wheels off. It will not be this easy forever. Uh, you're going to go through ups and downs spiritually, in which you're really going to have to persevere. I was like, what are you talking about? And then it happened. Uh, it's happened many times since then, as you said. So um, Jonathan Cross pretty much says, and he goes way more in depth than I do about this, but there's certain levels that you have to reach. The first level, you're overcoming sin in general. You're especially getting out of mortal sin. That's the very beginning step is to get out of mortal sin and start living for Jesus. And then he goes through steps two, three, four. He takes you deeper and deeper. And the funny thing is, the deeper you go with God, the less you feel to the point where um, you, it, your goal is to get to the, um, the uh, unitive way. There's the, um, now, John of the Cross doesn't really talk about this, but many spiritual experts talk about the purgative way, the illuminative way, and the unitive way um purgative way you're purging your sins uh the illuminative way is you're starting to actually get into the point where like you can do this without feeling much and then the unitive way if you've reached that your soul is like almost totally unified with god very very few select saints have gotten to this stage but it, you get to the point where you literally depend on no interior feelings at all and you're the exact same like you ha- you do you don't even prefer constellations you could whether you're suffering physically spiritually or feeling fantastic your soul could care less and you're going to serve god perfectly in that state now it's really hard to get to that point there's like i said so few people that have ever gotten to that point but our goal is to get as quickly as close to that as possible cuz as jesus says like be perfect as your heavenly father's perfect so like let's try our best and the only way the only way to get further along on that path of holiness is if god strips away your feelings and strips away the, the stuff you're feeling and if you could persevere but amber what you said rings so true like it gets so tempting to like slack off on your prayers cuz like when you don't feel like praying and you feel empty and sad and just out of it and dry like the the last thing you want to do is actually pray the last thing you want to do is like get on instagram and do something like this and and evangelize and you know what i mean you feel like you have nothing to say you feel empty you feel scrupulous then all of a sudden you feel unworthy because you're not praying as much and then your sins start to creep back in but god has to let you go through this uh because he has to keep giving you opportunities to like dig deeper or else you'll just kind of be stuck in that level of feeling. So in the end it is it's really good to know that the saints did go through this and they can help you and that we have to you know
0: i love how you put that i know it's also important because of the fact that like god gave us the saints to prove that like you don't have to be perfect to be with him in heaven i mean obviously we have our souls have to be perfected that's mm-hmm. why we have purgatory if we have but like there's saints from all different backgrounds and if you guys have watched the new father stew movie he says the closer you are to christ the greater your suffering is going to be um and so I think that's important to keep in mind, too, is that the closer we are to Christ, the more we're going to feel what he felt when he was human on earth and right. what he feels in heaven every time he's blasphemed and, you know, um, his sacred heart is put through pain. And I know, Dan, you were talking about like prayer routines and going overboard. And it's so important <laughs> that like we don't over do it ourselves, because at one point I was doing like five different novenas, daily mass, like <laughs> twice a day uh like adoration and like (laughs) like that's not bad but you have to work up to that and i was reading like three different catholic books at once always listening to catholic radio and again none of that's bad but you you can burn yourself out from that if you don't work up to certain things um is there a specific prayer or routine that helps you guys overcome spiritual dryness
2: you can go dan Um, nothing specifically that helps me overcome it besides just forcing myself to do what I'm normally used to doing. Um, you know, and, and even if you don't get to that point, like maybe you were, when you were having heavenly constellations hit you, maybe you were doing X amount of prayers and you only reach about 75% of that. But as long as you're like forcing yourself to do at least as much as you can in your state, you know, like force yourself to get to mass. I mean, the Eucharist, how can you live without the Eucharist? You know, if you can get to daily mass get to daily, I mean, Sunday, obviously, but like try to get to adoration, try to get to stay close to the Eucharist is what my, the biggest thing I would say. And um, there are just certain prayers for our times that God is really giving extra graces to like the rosary. So I would say like at the very least, um, if you're going through a really tough spiritual dryness, I would say, stay close to the Eucharist and pray the rosary. And just, you gotta get to a point where you kind of just force yourself to do it. Amber, you talked about uh, working out. You know, you look at um, all the people that are um, really, really fit. Um, Not that we need to be, not that being fit is the most important thing in the world, but they have a goal and they say, all right, you know what, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. I'm going to be this cut by this date. And if it's like a long-term, like six, seven, eight month goal, yeah, sure. They feel great the first month, but within a month or two, you don't feel like working out at all. You don't feel like like getting up. And these people, because they have a goal in mind of, I want to be cut. I want to be fit. I want to lose this amount of weight they actually get up and they do it every single day and they don't feel it. And that's the difference between someone who can actually lose weight and someone who like says they're going, they're, the 99% of people that say they're going to like everyone's new year's resolutions, like, Oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year. And then by like January 15th, everyone's like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> right. But like 1% of people, 2% of people do. And the reason is because they just force themselves to do it when they don't feel it. Now, how much more important is our spiritual muscles and our spiritual or spiritual growth, I mean, even more important than the body. Right. So, um, I think just trying your best to just like, get yourself, like sit your butt in that adoration chapel, get your butt to mass, whatever it takes, whether you feel it or not. Um, and I think the last thing I would say is community, having a good community. If you can find one, a good young adult group, a good youth group, uh, if you're an older person, just like any ministry at your church or a, a friend, especially like I was just talking to Anthony today about my spiritual dryness. Cause I needed a lot of help just like literally like an hour, two hours ago, I was texting him about it, you know? So community, community really helps too, people that'll build you up because those are little, little health kits that God yeah. will give you all along the way. In that I love that. Yeah.
1: And uh, something that I'll try to do is I'll try to remember the feeling of after you're done praying. Kind of like Amber, how you said, when you're about to cook and you don't want to cook, you're just going to order takeout because it's easier. But when you, when you order takeout, you're done eating. You're not going to feel as good as if you make something yourself. Like you take the time, you slice up the ingredients, you make a mess, and then you eat the meal. Like then you feel really good, oh, so like I try. Exactly. <laughs> so I try to think of that too when I'll I'll be like you know like playing a game on my phone or something or wasting time and I'll feel like on my heart like you should pray the rosary, and I'll ignore it and I'll like I'll keep doing this <laughs> or that. But when I finally just like listen to it and go do it, I feel so much better afterwards. I feel like accomplished. I feel closer to God, and then that bleeds into more spiritual things. So it's like it's kind of just a matter of taking that first step. Like the first step is is the hardest, but once you, know, you do I that, I think you're good.
0: I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I loved both of your guys' explanations. I know for me personally, the divine mercy chaplet has always had a really deep connection. I've, I've always had a very deep connection to the uh, divine mercy chaplet, the rosary, of course, as well. Um, but I think coming back into my faith when I really struggled to trust God, Jesus, I trust in you was one of those main prayers that I always prayed. Um, and I think, honestly, that has a lot to say because at the end of the day, our faith is based on faith, which means we need to have trust. Um, and it can be very tr- like hard to trust in someone you've never quote unquote met in the flesh, you know, in real life. Um, we have to have this sense of faith about it where we know that he exists and we're following the church that he established back in 33 AD with Peter, giving Peter the Kings to the kingdom. And um, we just have to have faith that you know, we're, we're doing what we need to do through the church and things like that. I personally love daily mass as well. And adoration, just like we've been talking about through this whole video. I think mm-hmm. that it's just, it's really important when you're feeling spiritually dry to just sit in God's presence. Um, and those are two ways you can absolutely do that and not get distracted by the world or noises or the phone. Um, what are your guys's tips for young adults and teens who feel as though they might be spiritually dry or weak?
1: I think they have to put themselves out there and and like for God, and they have to like make uh, efforts in towards his direction. And uh, you mentioned distractions about the phone, uh, something that if you want to get close to God, because I know a lot of people, especially millennials, (laughs) before they fall asleep, they'll scroll until like their eyes can't stay awake anymore. And like, that's how they fall asleep with like with their hands just scrolling and scrolling. And then they eventually just (laughs) fall asleep. But something that I learned, I learned this in a podcast from uh, Jason Everett, actually, Um, he said that what you need to do is just put it down. And even if you're not like ready to fall asleep in that moment, just put it down and spend those last five to 10 minutes in prayer. So I tried it a couple of times like, oh, this is great. You know, and I was feeling like so spiritually like charged. And then like on night three, I like went back to scrolling, but it's like, you have to do stuff like that. If if you don't, if you don't put in what you get out, what you put in.
0: I agree. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I want to, Mention one thing to those that actually say they feel spiritually weak because um, dry and weak are usually very similar and they kind of can go together and they can also be kind of separate. Um, the best thing I, that about spiritual dryness that many of the saints said, in fact, so many saints like St. Saint Faustina, the one that came up with the Well, Jesus gave her the divine mercy Chaplet, I should say, I believe she said many times in her, her diary that when she feels nothing, Jesus came to her and appeared to her and said, I'm allowing you to feel how you feel on your own. Uh, to know what it's like what without me and that's a reminder that the salvation of the world does not depend on you that my presence my holy spirit my life within you is everything and that's actually really really um reassuring for us if you feel like you're spiritually weak that's actually the best news you can hear <laughs> is that nobody really adds up to anything at all it's all just christ in us the salvation of the world doesn't depend on you the salvation of the world does not depend on your prayer life the salvation of the world depends on jesus And he already saved the world. And so what you're feeling right now by feeling spiritually dry and weak is just God allowing you to feel how you would be without him if you felt like this. You would feel like this all the time if you never had God. So it's God withdrawing the feeling of his presence, but not actually leaving you, just giving you the feeling that he's not there to help you understand how weak we are without him. But again, that's a good thing. That's to take a weight off you knowing that like, hey, you know, the salvation of the world does not depend on me. All the good that I do is just Jesus's presence in me. So the best thing I could do is not overthink it and knock it down on myself and just continue with my daily prayer life so that I can receive the graces from him that I need to keep doing my job and keep doing my duty for him here in this world.
0: I love that. And I know for a fact too, that like, when we do feel it, you know, I think it goes to show that like, we can still get that relationship with God. Whereas people who have died, you know, they no longer have that chance, And so this test is really like what it might feel to be in purgatory, you know, um, in a way, I don't think it really constitutes to the suffering in hell because hell's a lot worse because we actually are completely Mm -hmm. severed from God in hell. Right. Um, but maybe it constitutes to the pain we might feel in purgatory when we can't see God, but we want to, you know, and we know how much we've hurt him and we're still kind of, Closed off from him because we're not in heaven, but we will get there one day. Um, And so I think that's also a whole other, you know, side of it. And I also just kind of wanted to throw in here that, um, you know, spiritual dryness and weakness can be made worse by demonic forces. I think that's something we should also throw in there. And that going to confession is going to be one of your best first line defenses against it. Um, And also, of course, talking it over with your priest if you feel like. spiritual director, if you have one, if you feel like it's gotten to the point where you're just ready to give up. Um, I think it is important to share with people. Um, I mean, don't share it like with the world if you're not comfortable (laughs) with that. I know I've talked about my experience in hopes that it might help someone else going through it. Um, But it is important to talk to a trusted friend about it um, or a priest to discuss it. And honestly, St. Michael prayer and the St. Benedict medals are great resources for protection. Um, do you guys believe that spiritual weakness is more prominent in today's world than it has been in the past?
1: Yeah, I think so for sure. And I think that's because there's so many other options today. Like there's so many things and everyone is so hyper entertained that like people just do what they want and they do what feels good and praying, like sitting down and praying for five minutes, like it's not going to feel like amazing right away. So nobody really wants to do that. So I, I think, yeah, today's society is very spiritually weak.
2: Yeah, I think it's actually way harder to progress spiritually than it would have been 100 or 200 years ago, let's say, or even 50 years ago. Because if you think about it, what Ant just said, you know, everybody needs to be entertained. We, we need to be entertained because of our phones, because of movies, music, attention. We need to focus on us or we need to be entertained at all times. We need to be feeling good at all times. Like our entire culture, think about it, is based around making you feel good for yourself all the time. So I feel really bad for a lot of people because you may have so many well-intended young Catholics, like maybe some of the listeners, right? So many people that are well-intended young Catholics that want to progress in the spiritual life. And then as soon as they hit the point where God's going to take the training wheels off, and take the feelings away; they're not able to progress any further because they've been so addicted to all of the, um, feel, you know, feeling good. Like it's like we're not capable of really putting the pedal to the metal and grinding it out when it's when it's tough. So um, I think specifically today, because of all of the the distractions available, it's really hard to progress past that stage. It would be hard for anybody. I mean, it's hard for anyone. I don't. I think of any time period it would have been difficult to progress past this initial, you know, training wheel stage, but I, today it might be even more difficult.
0: I also feel like due to the fact that we have all those distractions and things, God is making spiritual dryness, uh, more and like more, um, you know, we recognize it more because of the fact that we have all these distractions now and suffering is one of those ways that humiliates us, you know, and we really become humble and things. And so through spiritual dryness, I think God is trying to communicate to us that we are going too far, you know, in, in pleasure and in, in self, um, you know, we'll trying to entertain ourselves, you know, and at what point does this stop? You know, we've seen it escalate and escalate. And 20 years from now, they're probably going to come out with something crazy that they already have today, but haven't released it to the public yet. Um, so, and that's usually how it works. You know, we had smartphones right. back in like the 1980s, but nobody released it till like the early 2000s. So, right, it's just crazy to me how far we've progressed as a culture, but yet we haven't progressed spiritually. We've actually taken steps back spiritually as a culture. I mean, we have the culture of death and abortion and all these crazy things going on. And honestly, I think in a way, the spiritual dryness is a gift from God to show us like we need to suffer because the world isn't going to hand us suffering. I mean, in some ways it will, but we're Mm -hmm. not going through, you know, the great depression or a famine right now, some parts of the world. Yes. But here in the United States specifically, I feel like we're getting so pestered in a sense with spiritual dryness because of the fact that we are not suffering enough, um, you know, our culture doesn't know how to suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just handed whatever we want on a silver platter. We have the anything we want at the press of a button on Amazon. Um, and so I think it's really important that God is sending us suffering specifically to humble us. And the closer we are to him, the more we will suffer.
2: And, you know, Amber, if I can cut in right there, you actually see it in the way we worship mm-hmm. um, because we, we want to be entertained so much and we want to feel good so badly that that might be the reason why so many Protestant churches that are just like, they have a band up there and a really, really loud, energetic speaker and a really good band. And they get thousands of people to come to their, to their events. Now there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't think anyone's a worse person for going to an event like that. And obviously we want to, I try to unite. I don't try not to be too divisive when it comes to Protestants. There's a lot of good Protestants out there. That's not like what we do at JMJ, but honestly, that's why some of these churches are so successful Cause they're really playing to the whole, like feel good. It's all about the feeling. I want to be entertained kind of crowd. Of course, if you're just talking about in a very shallow, basic sense, who wouldn't want to go to a concert instead of like put your knees on the hardwood floor, you know, at mass. However, um, it's going to be really hard for you to progress past that stage. You might be always addicted to those feelings. You might always have to associate God with feeling good. And then how are you supposed to love him? Like you would a spouse, how are you supposed to actually come out of yourself and, and like, that's why the mass is so beautiful because the mass is not, the attention is not on us and it's not even on our, us feeling good. Many times you will get a beautiful consolations at mass if your heart's in the right state, but that's not what it's about. You know, the focus is on the Eucharist. The focus is on the readings. The focus is on us worshiping God. And then as a beautiful gift, the Eucharist enters right into our heart and it's still not based on feelings. It's just the, this beautiful communion that goes beyond feelings, beyond music, you know, beyond being entertained. Um, but again, like you're seeing our need for entertainment and the, the shallowness of how our society operates, even in the realm of worship, with the lack of mass attendance and the, the success or seeming success, I should say, of um, churches that really just are there to entertain. Right. Um, yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. I know it's just, it's crazy to think that it's like we've gotten so, um, what is it, like the endorphins or whatever it's called, dopamine, you know, rushes right. and things. We're addicted to it now. I mean, the kids that I see these days, they're addicted to these bright, colorful TV shows. And personally, I'm overwhelmed watching some mm. of them. I'm like, wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. You
0: know, I was raised on like Sound of Music and all these other dull grown-up tv shows but (laughs) when i have them watch it they like sit down and they're like in this trance of like whoa, music and orchestras and like Mm -hmm. outfits that aren't super glittery and neon pink and it's just (laughs) interesting to see it's interesting to see but thank you so much you guys for coming on here and discussing spiritual dryness with me
1: oh yeah thanks for having us amber i think the third time's a charm
0: I love it. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yes. And hopefully, um, where can, or actually, hopefully, where can my uh, followers find you guys?
2: Go ahead, Dan. Uh, JMJmissions.com is our website, but we're on all of our, all the social media. So Instagram, uh, TikTok, unfortunately. Sorry, Hammer. <laughs> so <bad>. uh, <laughs> too TikTok, soon. TikTok. Too soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Instagram. Although we only have about 5,000 on TikTok or something like that. So it's, you know, (laughs) negligible. That's cute, I love it. But yeah, important for those 5,000. But um, Instagram, TikTok, uh, what else would I missing? YouTube, YouTube. Uh, We're back on the YouTube, Ryan. We just started making uh, YouTube videos again. Um, We just filmed one last night. So we're excited about that. Um, And honestly, Amber, I wanted to say that like YouTube is where the real souls are going to be saved actually, because you can actually like the people listening to this podcast, they're helped more than, than a, than a quick view on Instagram mm-hmm. or TikTok. You know what I mean? Um, the people that watch a YouTube video are able to be evangelized in so much more of a d- deep way than any other sense. So um, just as uh, you can follow us on, um, just like Amber on YouTube um, and maybe we'll collab on something with her in the future. Right. I'm, I'm hoping to. Yeah. yeah. That'd be
0: really fun. I'd love to have you guys back on or vice versa. Um, But yes, thank you so much for being here. And again, you guys can find them JMJ Missions all over the platforms, TikTok. Um, (laughs) So thanks again for being here, you guys. And we will talk soon.
2: Yep. Thanks, Amber. Thank you very much, Amber.
0: Of course. And I hope this podcast helped any of you who are struggling with spiritual dryness. Um, you can send me an email at the at gmail.com and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. questions or comments about today's episode, email me at thereligiushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash hippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening.
2: Thank you for listening to this podcast.
1: Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously
0: trademarked or copyright content is used by permission Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.